join us as we take a look behind the scenes with the independent musicians of Louisiana. Learn about upcoming projects before they drop. Experience the rich heritage of iconic venues and get first-hand accounts of exclusive events. Musicians are remarkable people. Get to know them, their struggles, and the inspiration for their art. NewOrleansMusicians.com is dedicated to uplifting the artists and providing them with the tools necessary to elevate their craft. We shine a spotlight on them, as well as highlight the music scene and educate everyone with our interviews, album reviews, and music scene news. This is NewOrleansMusicians.com. Uh, we're just going to start by uh, going around. Everybody introduce yourself, please. And uh, tell me what instrument you're playing in the band. Blake, vocals. Brian, drums. I'm Jay, and I play on guitar. Steve, I play bass. Right. And we are Blackwater Canal. Yay! Yay. <laughs> Welcome to Blackwater Canal, y'all. Hey, you're um, right. I had spoken with you, Blake. You said uh, your influence was uh, Sabbath, Crowbar, Pentagram, I Hate God. A lot of uh, local bands in there. And we were listening to some of the tracks that are about to drop on your new album earlier. And uh, I think we both kind of pointed out that it's got a, a definite southern drawl, a southern groove to it, uh, something that is born in this area. Um, what would you say, uh, I guess, inspired you to remain in the same vein or genre um, as some of the people that influenced you? He was dying. He wasn't around anymore. And... Uh, he was always in here and here and all my friends' heads, but the old fat city, the old the old sound, it was gone. Yeah. And, you know, getting together with these guys, they still had the same vision as that I did. Is we got to form something to bring that back. Yeah. To what it used to be. I think yeah. it's more about being fucking old. Speak for yourself, I'm old. man. You know, I grew up with the jam with everybody, you know, me and Benny and Kirk, we all grew up together, you know, and yeah. that's just kind of how it was. We all write the same kind of, I guess, vein of music, you know, so sure. it was cool to get the lineup finally, you know, solidified where we are now, where it seems like everything makes sense, you know, and it's kind of moving in the right direction, hopefully. Yeah. Well, like he chose uh, I Hate God and, and Crowbar as two of his influences are basically two of the very few that are left carrying the torch today. Yeah, you know? yeah. So to to I Correct. guess to continue continue on, holding that genre, still making yeah. records, still touring. It's a preservation effort. <laughs> yeah, you know? definitely. All right, um, Jay. I wanted to bring it up so that everybody knew uh, you were the creator of House of Shock. Um, One and of them. that went on. One of them for sure. Okay. Um, how long did that go on for? We did it for 25, 25 years. Yeah. That, that was a, a, a famous, I will say. Uh, haunted house. It was fun um, for a while. And it's just like everything else, you know, it just became too much work and, and not enough fun anymore. So we had a chance to sell it, so we just kind of bailed out of it. And it's still going on. They're still kicking ass over there. It's called New Orleans Nightmares, and they're doing well, you know. So it was fun, you know. When we started it, me and Philip and Ross, and my buddy Steve J, you know, we just kind of did it just as a party, you know. It was never meant to be anything. You know, number one, the chance for us to get loaded and wear makeup and act satanic and be stupid. Right. And we obviously did that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, we accomplished something, I guess, in life. And then, it's, you know, everything else becomes, like, everything you do, you know, it becomes bigger and bigger and more of a pain in the ass and more like work and more like 
do I really want to go do this shit tomorrow, you know? And that's, I think that's how 25 years is what it became. That's so how we bailed out of it. You were able to integrate live music into Absolutely, absolutely. We were a festival, you know. We had every 20 minutes we had bands, freak show, a pyro show, some kind of suspension going on. I mean, we were just fortunate to have the friends we had that allowed us to do this, you know, because they would do it for free. They would come do the suspension, ship hooks in their back and hang by chains and like for fucking free. You know, most of the bands would come play for free. Just to have a venue to do something and for us to be different. So that was really cool, you know, on that end, and that that I think that's what set that place apart, and that's what you know we're trying to, you know, like Blake was saying with the scene, you know, there's nobody trying to set anything. Everybody just falling into the same old genre of daily, daily shit that everybody hears, everybody does. Yeah. So it's kind of for us going back in time, you know, instead of forward, I guess. So we're just trying to play shit that we all like, you know, and that's sure. That's unfortunately what it is. Unfortunate, whatever you want to look at it, it's that kind of music. Sure. And I, I want to make the distinction too. I kind of feel like people walk a fine line between carrying on the torch in a specific genre and imitating the next person. You can remake a song as long as you do it in your own style, it's respected. But if you remake the song exactly as the, the person who first sang it, then you're not really bringing anything to the table. So, I mean, it's, it's not easy what you all do uh, to be respected and do it well to bring something new to the table but also remain in that that vein that genre but all of us you know me and kirk our cover band used to play together when we were kids mm -hmm. me and Vinny, same thing you know mix order we all you know played together so it's not like you know it's something new it's just, just how we write i mean it's just you know so it's just time that maybe my writing comes out i guess for once i don't know i just think you know it is what it is it's just a new Orleans sound we all have this feel to it i feel you know no, nobody else in the country has and that's why the New Orleans bands, you know, just very unique in a way. They're kind of more like rhythmic than a lot of the, all the heavy bands you hear. You know, it's got some melody, it's got some groove to it. I mean, groove is the biggest the thing I found in all of the New Orleans bands, from Exhorter to Crowbar to I Hate God. Blues. Song, it's a lot of blues and yeah, words. Yeah, and Green, you know. Everything has groove, and you can be heavy, you can be a fucking ballet performer. It's got to have something memorable, some kind of groove that you listen to it and you go, wow, okay, I can, I can move to tap it. into that right tap into that 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 jam and okay wow you hear it you what's killer yeah i think that's one thing that the Orleans bands definitely have in abundance all of them have just amazing groove yeah you know and like you said you grew up doing this it's probably something i i would say it's definitely something that you can't just move into the neighborhood and start it's just, um, you, you feel you know, it or you don't mocking or, right. or trying to imitate you know you feel it or you don't exactly, exactly. if you were born here it just kind of comes out of you now you were you were talking about previous bands. You were in Graveyard, Graveyard Rodeo and uh, Christ Inversion. Yeah, I did a thing called Sinkhole, a thing called Hate in the old days. You know, Valkyrie, the cover band I was in when we were all kids playing together, you know, so it was all, we were always, it was, it was funny, we went Valkyrie in the old days playing fucking covers with like Lillian Axe and Zebra and shit, and we were playing like fucking Metallica and Metal Church and all this shit, and these big head girls would be like, what are y'all doing? Yeah. So, you know, the same loop of Victorian Bliss with Kirk, you know, they were playing all this heavy shit, and eventually we all said, you know, fuck this, let's just go play original. That's where our hearts were at. So that's how that kind of come about, I guess. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's beautiful. Um, Blake, you were in Exit 39. Yeah. As a band, you want to talk a little bit about that? Exit 39, it was <clears throat> original band doing the same stuff that we're doing now. And, uh, Sorry about that. Just in time, time, place, playing festivals, Milwaukee Metal Fest, playing Sun and Steel Metal Fest with bands up and coming like um, Black Dahlia Murders and uh, guys like that that weren't even signed and um, at the time. 
And uh, when the time came for the deal and all this kind of stuff, we all had kids at the time and we all backed out and that's a regret I've had for my whole life. Really? Which won't happen again. Yeah. You gotta be ready when it come calling. You gotta be ready when it come calling. Kids are older now. Yeah. Self-sufficient. doing stuff for yourself Go now. back to do what I fucking love to do. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, yeah. man. Where was uh, Southern Steel Fest? I was in Tampa, oh, Florida. Okay. It was it was put on out there. It had um, obituary, iced tea and body count, mm-hmm. uh, deicide, all those guys we were playing with. Even uh, Trivium was out there before they were even signed at the time. Mm-hmm. We got to meet all those guys and played, and it was set. We were ready to go, and... Didn't happen. Yeah. Watch this, kid. That's not the first time I've heard it, man. <laughs> Y'all chose, uh, and I wanted to give him a shout out and mention him, um, Dwayne over at OCD recording for your upcoming album. One thousand uh, percent. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody talk a little bit about um, what they noticed about Dwayne, because I definitely wanted to give him a shout out. Very personal things. Very personal. Yeah. You know, he hears shit and see shit that you don't hear. I mean, he's in there hitting buttons telling us, you heard that? Hell no, we didn't hear that. But he hears it. Yeah. And then when the, the magic he arranges, now you hear it. There wasn't a hush, be quiet, I don't know. He was all into what we were doing. He was into it 100%. Mm-hmm. And he made us feel family at home. We knew he was the right guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wasn't going to give us a product that he wouldn't be proud to put his name, you know, behind. You know, we sat there and yeah. made sure every little thing was right, you know? Y'all had, you said five songs? Five, yeah. And in two days, he had it all ready to go. Two and a half days, man. <clears throat> we did pretty much all the tracks, mixing. I mean, you know, there's some things obviously could have been better, but I mean, man, for, for, for you know, a, weekend project for five songs you know Dwayne's the biggest thing about people like Dwayne is you know just anytime you go into the studio have somebody like him that's so knowledgeable and knows how to use that gear so well because you know you just sit back and you go okay plus the love plus the love of our sound and the sound of New Orleans that's what he loves yeah, so had, it's it's comfortable for him to do yeah. what he's and doing. We had Vinny from Exorda produced it with us, you know, in the field every day with us, helping us out, giving us tips, giving us direction and things on sound and just performances. So it was really just easy, easy choice, you know. It went perfect. Were you saying that uh, that, that that's a first, Vinny? Yes, I think it's first thing is yeah, he wants to get he's trying to get into that. He has such a great ear for you know music and just sound. Yeah. So, I just, so we're the lucky band that gets Vinny <laughs> Labella. Yeah. As a producer on a record, but I mean, is you know, Dwayne being right there and coming from a position of all uh, having worked with uh, Crowbar and, and a few of the local bands that uh, you know, he's, he's he's projecting that sound too because he was born here as well. You know, oh yeah, correct. I think that's Dwayne's be a incredible. Great no pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> none taken. Not yet. Anybody else want to add anything? I had talked to you earlier, and you were talking about working with a band out of town and driving oh, yeah, to Mississippi. Man. Well, I'm uh born and raised in Metairie, then I moved over North Shore, and then for some reason I decided to play in some bands on the Gulf Coast, Biloxi area, uh-huh. and then I uh, met some cats and played in some New Orleans bands that kind of sniffed me out over there, figured out I wasn't <coughs> from around there, and kind of brought me towards this area to play some music, and went off to Baton Rouge, did some stuff, did some tours, and now I'm back, I guess I, guess I call it home. Yeah. You know, we're on the North Shore, but all these guys were off 
from Mattery or from the South Shore. Oh yeah, we all posted you know. up in the South anyway. And then right? we we all live back over here on the North Shore, so thirty yeah. minute drive. Yeah. To practice, you know, we all live close. Mm -hmm. And dude, three days, three days rehearsing with us in the yeah. studio and nailed it. I mean, just yeah. unbelievable. I've been playing music since fourth grade. Unbelievable. Man, so I just got an incredible ear for stuff, and I give uh, credit to playing with. Um, I don't want to call them old guys, but you know, seasoned musicians, you know, people who've been around the block know what they're doing, you know. I had no choice but to speed up my game and either shit or get off the pot sure. with these kind of guys. That's so, you know, you could be playing with a bunch of kids your age. You know, when I was young, starting out 17, 18, you know, everybody's standing at the dick in their hand and don't know what they're doing. Right. You know, you're creating a bunch of garbage. Yeah. Me, I was playing with a bunch of, you know, I guess you would call them seasoned musicians and I guess I learned a little ear and skill and, mm -hmm. you know, a little drive to be Honestly, better musicians. you know, you bring up a good point because it's as if the genre's being led by the people that See were that? here in the beginning. Um, I mean, that's appropriate in my eyes, you know, but... Uh, I felt like I've been taken under the wing by a lot of people. I learned a lot of stuff. Sets the bar kind of high, though, is what I'm saying, yeah. you know. I'm a, I'm, I'll be 30 um, in a couple months, so I'm not young, but I'm not old, Jeez. but... Cool. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of in the middle, but I'm, I'll am i be one of those guys, one of the, you know, one day, you know, teaching a young buck sure. the ropes and keeping it going. Yeah. Well, that's cool. What is the drop date and title for your upcoming project? It's going to be July 15th. Uh, we're going to be doing a show at the Hideaway Bar uh -huh. in Mandeville. Mm -hmm. And it's called Force Fed Lies. Force Fed Lies, and that's going to be like a CD release party. That yes. Okay. That's going to uh, be with Thorn Prick and Grisnom. That's what I was going to ask. Okay, y'all played with Grisnom before. I was Correct. They were formerly most of the guys were formerly in Harp. Okay. And so yeah, that's going to be the day, bro. That front man is a beast. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> cool. John's an animal, man. Yeah, he looks like he straight Chalmation. Yeah, straight Chalmation, baby. I got to talk to him that night when I saw y'all play it uh, last time at the Hideaway, and just a gracious, nicest fella you ever gonna meet. But you could tell, you know, Ramathorn, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> that dude's head first through everything. He's you know? a good guy. Yes, one hundred percent. That's cool. All right, man. And unless anybody else has got anything else to add, I think we're good. We're yeah. good, bro. All right. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, what's up, everybody? Normally in the middle of podcasts, I got advertisements, but on NewOrleansMusicians.com podcast, we shout out some of our members. Today we have the Grooves, G-R-O-O-X-S. It's a punk band born and raised in New Orleans. They claim to be inspired by life, and uh, when asked what, what single factor played the biggest role in their decision to pursue a career in music, George Casito, the front man, says he was young, dumb, and full of, uh, we'll, just, we'll just say energy, you know. Um, he's played New Orleans and every parish remotely surrounding it. Baton Rouge, Lafayette, Mississippi, Texas, Voodoo Fest, skate parks, they're everywhere. Their last album published was called I Ain't Dead Yet, Motherfucker, available on vinyl. And their next album's gonna be Get Ready to Die, Motherfucker. They have a bunch of social links listed, but you can find them on NewOrleansMusicians.com.
And now, back to our show. I was fortunate enough to be able to hang out with the band after our interview, and I was able to get their perspective on certain aspects of the local music scene here in Louisiana. And I'm glad that I did, because as you'll hear, Jay points out the need for a central platform where Louisiana artists can converge and contribute. This, to me, is the essence of why I do what I do on NewOrleansMusicians.com. So listen in now behind the scenes and learn what's on the minds of the members of Blackwater Canal. It's amazing. You know, guys like you, fucking, you talk about us as bands and whatnot, but it's fucking people like y'all that are keeping the scene alive more than us because y'all give us a platform to bullshit and talk about, you know? Yeah, but I tell you what, man. Do I don't understand like why. taking the pictures, doing everything, just mm-hmm. the artwork. I don't everything. see, I don't understand why whoever's creating media, like I'm creating media with the interview. Uh, Somebody is creating media with uh, pictures at a show or something like that. Like, why not release it on all forms? Uh, Written, audio, video. Like, why not just blanket this shit everywhere in every kind of form? Because podcast crowd is not the same as YouTube crowd. is not the same as Facebook. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's these pockets of people. I think it's the same fucking problem with music, man. Everybody's trying to get their own little fucking nut, right? Yeah. Instead of going, hey, you know, let's do a common website for the fucking Louisiana or Southern music scene and everybody is going to add content to that site mm-hmm. no matter what it may be and you got to qualify maybe like you know if you're a photographer we're going to have this you can have certain standards I mean but it would be great to do something like that because that way everybody would benefit they don't get right. it competition don't do shit for nobody yeah, to you know, separate you like I told Jay you know the only reason to hide away that I'm doing that good people it's a new and it's a new venue, and we're spacing it out. And our plan is in the North Shore. That scene's not here anymore. The last place was back in the day when we played the Green. Augustines in Hammond. The Green Room, or you played be. Green Room, yeah. And then once the Green Room went away and become a mixology shit, and then they tried to weed. come back, it was destroyed. <laughs> You know, so now he's got a shot with the perfect location to come 25 minutes across. Yeah. From right there. Yeah. Listen to music, go back to the hideaway. It's a perfect spot. Yeah, it's so literally like right that, off that, the causeway. Like. I got to meet him again, but I think, like, I feel like I want Hunter to win. Like, I like that dude. I want to go yeah. talk to him again. He seems ambitious. He's been a big supporter for a long, long time. He seems years ambitious and, and dedicated yeah, and ambitious. shit. I, I like seeing hard work of people and not people that just fucking Before do this. Before he even did any of that, I would see him back when I was playing with Ventress. And I would, we go to shows in New Orleans. He would come to Baton Rouge, oh, New Orleans, dude? Lafayette. He's about my age, late, 30, late, late twenties. Oh, okay. Um, he used to. Um, he had a short stint singing for Zinc. Love you, Zinc. Yeah, yeah. With Dave, well, that was we were real close with. Um, we gave Steve like I love I love Steve. Um, before he passed, you know. I like Mike. Mike, who used to play bass for Mike Spurlock. I don't know if you know him. Zinc. He Put it this way, when Exit 39 started and we started getting the name and started touring and shit, Steve formed Zake and we gave them like four opening gigs and and it was way before back in the day with so many, uh, Ryan Ashmore. He, uh, Ryan Ashmore was an underage kid at 14 years old that would sneak into the clubs and watch us perform. I became friends with Ryan Ashmore. He ended up going on. He sung for Zinc for a lot. Then he went, if you remember the old band Mule Skinner. 
He ended up transferring to Mule Skitter, singing with them, and now Zink. he's got a new band. Zinc's got singing. old material on mm-hmm. Spotify, yeah. and they have their new, their old shit totally the problem, different than the new. It's, the problem too, it's the same line, band, but different the members. Problem line is how it works. A lot of record labels. Let's take a band like uh, Obituary, Overkill. Uh-huh. They still sound like 1980s Obituary. Even the albums they write. Is that because of them? No. That's because the record label <coughs> says, we want 1980s Overkill. That's what we want to keep paying. So they continue to have to play their 80s stuff and everything they write still has to be in that genre. Now here lies the problem, like Benny was saying, he said, what y'all are doing is going out on a limb that's not the norm. He said... Vinny told you that about yes, y'all's music? Correct. He said, which is really cool. He said, but it's dangerous. What y'all are doing is starting out and it's fucking ripping. And next thing you know, you're doing some doomy sludge shit. Yeah. And then you change into some bluesy shit. Yeah. Then you're ripping... He said, so it's a hard thing. Some people want to go, hey, I want this album because it's a doom metal album. And song one through ten is a doom metal. Yeah. And I understand that. I want this thrash record. It's one through ten, thrash. I look at it in a different perspective. I might not be a hardcore Doom fan, but the first thing on the record was a thrash shit we wrote. What did that do? Make the interest of you want to go to song two. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm not really Doom. Maybe my Doominess fed you into more Doom bands. Yeah. I want to give you a quote from Three Amigos, I want to give you a plethora. Yeah. A plethora, a plethora of music. I don't want to be, even if this is a word, genreized. Pigeonhole, but you know, this genre is probably one of the only that houses songs that have three to four change-ups in not only the tempo, but the vibe. And we were talking, I don't know if it was you or Jay, we were talking about uh, Acid Bath earlier. Like, that dude could scream his balls off, and the next thing you know, he's, the he's harmonizing harmony. in the same song Correct. to different tempo. And uh, one song could be, it could be this, man. It starts with this, it goes to this, it goes to that, and then it comes back around to something similar to the beginning. But this genre is accepting of that. So I don't know why he would say... I mean, well, you got to be damn good because who else? Market. Is, who, who else is on that on that Correct. level? You know, in what the I'm big saying? market. Crowbar. He said, like, if he said, take Slipknot, they go on tour. They're Slipknot. Yeah. Fans expect Slipknot. So nationally, he said, in this area, we're acceptable to that. What y'all are doing is trying to get bring out the bottle. all these yeah. accepted to that change. It's like selling stuff. a po' boy up north or something. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I understand what you're saying with that. Shit, but yeah, I, I, I want be... you to play our record and go, oh, fuck yeah, a little thrash, that's good. Well, what the fuck is this? Oh, it's a little doomy shit. Get... My mind's going to say, well, what the fuck's next? Some yeah. What is next? Is there going to be some funk? Is there going to be, what are they doing? Yeah. I want you to not get bored with it. Yeah. Oh, I like the bluesy shit, or I like this. Let me buy their next record because they'll probably put a little thrash. They might put another two. Hey, ex- I want a fucking sure. Hey, exploratory or experimental is never safe, and it's either or. Honestly, you, know, you don't want to be tagged to one crowd, right? Well, I'm not gonna go to that show because they're just thrash metal. It's a bunch of mosh pits and fucking blah 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 blah. I rather 
I don't really care for that tune, but they got two or three that's just banging, grooving, and I dig that. And it's awesome. I want to give you, you something. In the, in the future, you just go to them for that. Just that. Yeah. And if they were to try to step out of those bounds, you'd be like, oh, fuck. Oh, they stepped out the right. bounds, you but, know? Sh- dude, and if that's you how dwell- like, bands like Slayer and all them got tagged. You, you got to get faster. You got to yeah. get more great. You got to. Yeah. That's your tag that. I'd rather, what the fuck are they about to do? Yeah. What is this? Hey, my old lady hates that fucking thrash shit, but she'll go with me to the show. Because they're gonna play a couple bluesy tracks and doomy shit that she digs. Yeah. I want everybody to be able to come and find something they like instead of being late. I tell you what, stagnation is death number one. But yeah. to, to to dwell to dwell too long in one genre or style, um, you become a mockery of yourself. Like like Elvis. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Before long, he was doing his hair like this because he always did his hair like this, and that's what they like when he's fucking leather jumpsuits and yeah. you know rhinestones and all this shit. He's a simple country boy. What the fuck are you doing? Try to be like what everybody wants me that's to be. That's why I said I couldn't imagine like shows that we played at other venues and stuff, and you're sweating 100 degrees. I could not fucking imagine stepping on stage for an hour and a half in a war outfit. Yeah. <laughs> I love war. Don't get me wrong. They're yeah. talented musicians. But my God, to have a fucking ten pound swinging dick and fucking things on me, I'd be, I'd probably have a heart attack. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's hot. You got a life expectancy for each member you know, of the band. Even you know? when Gore took their shit off and went to do ex cops and I, shit, I saw that. I saw ex cops too. It was like you're going, that's Gore, and this shit is good. Put your fucking dick back on. You know, you want that. The public will put you where they want yeah. if you let them. Sleazy P. Martini, baby. Hey, this is Levi from Misled, Southern Brutality in 1016. Look, man, we all start off as jam bands. We get together, we push our souls all throughout the speakers, man. Simple as that. The connections that we form with our crowds and following is nothing like any other. We'd love to have you back. Click that old button, show your support, or you can check us out at Buy Me a Coffee. Thanks, my friends. Backslash. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Buy me a coffee, backslash. Backslash. That's buy me a coffee, backslash. You want music? I said, buy me a coffee, backslash. You want music? I have spoken. Yeah, 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 yeah.